0: Today we have an interview with uh, John Simmons, a uh, well-known DJ in Chicago, uh, Chicago house scene, um, and I'm um, pretty excited about this. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a good conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Um, please remember to like and share the podcast, and um, yeah, here we go. Interviewing John Simmons. What's up, man? How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How about yourself?
0: Good. Um, uh, we're, it's, uh, I guess, the beginning of February, if anybody's listening to this uh, at some other point in time. But um, I'm really looking forward to this interview because I would like to uh, pick John's brain just to kind of um, see what he's thinking, see what's running through his head. Um, so let's go. Um, so I usually ask, start, my first question is, um, what are you doing in Chicago? What, what brought you here? What, um, brought your family here? What are you doing in Chicago?
1: Well, I was born and raised in Chicago. I was born on the South side, uh, at Mercy Hospital. My mom is from here, um. Her family moved up here during the great migration of the 1900s, 19-teens.
0: Okay, I've heard of it, I've heard of it.
1: So she's been up here. Our My mom's side of the family has been up here since then. And then uh, my dad was from Alabama, Monroe County, Alabama. He moved up here uh, in 1954 when he was 16. He passed away in 2012. but. My parents met in the early 70s, okay. and they got married in 75, and I was born and raised uh, on the south side in Beverly neighborhood, um, and yeah, I you know, I grew up with music. My dad was a DJ and, and sound guy, but I was never really into DJing growing up so much. I was always into music, uh, but when I got to high school, a friend of mine started DJing, and that kind of got me into it. And yeah, started DJing in high school, St. Rita High School. We would have mixers with people like Julian, Jumpin' Perez, and cool. yeah, I remember DJ Napis from WKKC. So I started getting get into house music in high school. I grew up mostly listening to hip hop and R&B because I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so that was obviously big. But I started to get into house. I always liked house, but I really started getting into it in the 90s going to that school. And by the time I got out of high school, I was pretty much in the rave scene. You know, some of my parents finally let go of the grip. I started doing raves around, you know, 95, 96, 97. And did that pretty heavy until the city killed that right around 2000. And from then on, it's been the club scene, club, bar scene, weddings, traveling, little bit of production. But, yeah, that's pretty much about it. That's, I guess... That's kind of my start into it, and right, then, you know, two right. thousands. There's from from two thousand to now. It's just been a lot of different stuff.
0: Back to your um, your pops being an audio uh, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do you remember records that he used to like a lot? Do you remember like what what were what was the kind of music he listened to?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit of everything from blues to jazz, you know, R and B. Um, disco funk. I remember he was a big Barry White fan. Okay. He was a big Barry White fan. Um,
0: I think a lot of people are in the '70s were Barry White fans, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean Barry White. When you when you go back and listen to his music, I mean, you know, it's great music. I mean, it's it's orchestral. It's strings. It's soulful. You uh, know, it's sexy. It know. holds
0: up. It holds up after a It all this
1: holds time. up. It holds up. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would say Barry White was definitely one of his favorite artists. I mean, everybody grew up listening to James Brown, Parliament, Funkadelic. Right, right. Um, but, you know, like I said, he was born in 1937. So even, you know, music before then, um, right. he, the black, the blues and jazz of, of yesteryear as well, Donald Byrd, jazz, funk. Um, but, but he was always up on his modern stuff, too. My dad was always up. On his modern stuff like even into his 40s 50s he was always a uh, abreast on the current stuff as well so it was a little bit of everything you know
0: yeah I, I grew up with, um, um, with my mom uh, my dad he listened to basically a lot of Mexican uh, uh, music but my mom she actually she when she arrived here in Chicago in 64 um, she actually lived Uh, not far from here, uh, from our location here, in in Lincoln Park. And um, so she grew up in the 60s in this area here. What it looks like now is completely different than what it looked like then. But Mm -hmm. my point is that I grew up listening to oldies, um, 50s, 60s uh, music. So to this day, I I have all my uh, radio stations set to you know, oldies, you know, 60s music, um, like Beatles, Rolling Stones, um, uh, and just everything that would pop up on the radio. So, to, and when I, I remember when, uh, um, when I was basically, you know, able to go out by myself, um, there was a, a thrift store by my house where I grew up on 26th Street, um, that had these bins and bins and bins of records and they were 25 cents per record, so I just basically started. Just I didn't even listen to them. I would just snatch them up, um, and basically started my collection. And this was probably like 89 or 90. Um, on that note, do you remember um, what was the first like CD you bought? The first cassette you bought?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a good question, um, because with my dad being a DJ, we always had music. I mean, we right. always had everything. Right. You know, he, he, he would get promos from labels. Um, oh, that's cool. But as far as, if I could think of a tape, so I, I would say that really my, me as a listener, collector, probably started around fourth grade. I remember they bought me a stereo in third grade, which was the receiver, the tape player, and mm-hmm. the record player. And I remember right around fourth grade, I started listening to hip-hop and R&B, okay. like heavy, so I can't, it's interesting, I can't remember the first, but I do remember artists like Big Daddy Kane, okay. Eric B and Rakim, okay. Boogie Down Productions, yep. Run DMC mm-hmm. um, in the late 80s, and then Bell Biv DeVoe was yep. one, yep. that one CD that I definitely remember uh in the 90s but i but i would say the one record that i remember as being like as a, i'm collecting this to dj this record 1993 was you got me up uh cashmere oh featuring yeah, yeah, yeah. Daje, you yeah, got me yeah. up you know and everybody knows that one you know do 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 did it like yeah. everybody knows that one
0: yeah my, my brother actually got the it was the casual records yeah. it was like a compilation cd nice um, and I remember playing that whenever I had the chance and yeah, that one had all the cuts on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Casual
1: was, that was the label. I mean, cashmere was, you know,
0: that's, um, 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 what's his name? Uh, um, green velvet, uh, yeah. cashmere
1: green velvet. Same person, right? Yeah. Same guy, <laughs> same guy. But I remember that one. I bought that one at the, uh, peaches coconuts. I don't remember if it was peaches or coconuts at that time, but I had 76 in Cicero, Ford City Mall, and they were still selling vinyl at the time. And I remember I bought that um, Cashmere featuring DaJay, You Got Me Up. And that was the first record. I remember saying, okay, this is my my record.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I remember um, there was this, um, I wouldn't call it a pop-up because it was a genuine record shop. It was on uh, 31st Street in Little Village. It was actually across the street from Home Run Inn, the original location. And I forget the name of it. I think it was called um, House... It was something, House House Something. But I remember when it opened up, because it was actually a video store before that. Mm-hmm. And when it opened up, I was like, oh, snap! they are selling records and, and mixtapes here. Mm-hmm. So I went in, and I, I snatched up um, I Fear the Night. Um, Tyree. Tyree. Mm-hmm. I, I, and that was like my my, probably my first, 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 like, what I would consider my first house record. Nice. And I, I've lost track of it since, but I remember I had that, you know, I had a bunch of other, like, you know, Beatles and, you know, other kind of, like, rock records, and then I had that one, um, I Fear the Night, and I would play that fucking thing over and over and over
1: and mm-hmm. over.
0: And I'm sure, like, somebody, that's another thing, too, man, growing up in my neighborhood, if somebody, if you had any, like, any like good cd or good cassette mm-hmm. and you did not glue your eyes to that thing it somebody was going to snatch shit. for sure so uh, i'm sure that's what happened to that Shot fucking down. record. Shot <laughs> <down>. <laughs> right right i know somebody was like you know i've always liked this song yeah. i've always liked uh, you know he, this guy has a fucking record as soon yes. as you know i go to the washrooms they're fucking taking it yeah but that's what but it also helped me kind of like grow up and live in chicago because then it kind of um, helps you um uh, know who's who and who's your friends and uh who you can trust you know and yeah once you invite somebody new over to your house and you know when everyone leaves something's gone that new person is the one that took it stop inviting that new person yeah um and little by little you start to you know get your crew together and before you know it you know we're all fucking going to parties and shit and um I never ever got like a legitimate um um, two turntables you know I I always had uh belt drive turntables Mm -hmm. um I had an old um I think it was an old Gemini um uh mixer and it had the analog uh, meter on there the Mm -hmm. little needle um so I never like, I've never like put a hundred you know percent, hundred twenty percent into becoming a DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just had record collection since you know as far back as like the you know late nineties, yeah, uh, yeah. late late eighties, and I mean that's what I've been doing. Um, so you grew up in uh, Beverly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends that grew up because I went to. Um, I went to the Ag School on 111th. Yeah. So I had uh, friends that lived in Beverly, mm-hmm. and I remember visiting there, and there was all these beautiful um, bungalows that were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was I remember thinking like, like are we still in you know Chicago? Like, mm-hmm. what's, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, and but the beautiful houses, um, and um, and and well, you know, I went there a few times, but. Um, so you went to CPS, right? I went to, so for grammar school I
1: went to Emanuel Christian, okay, which was in Auburn Gresham. Okay, So I went there through sixth grade and then I broke out of there <laughs> and I went to public school, yeah. uh, neighborhood public school, Sutherland for seventh and eighth grade. And then for high school I went to St. Rita. And Saint Rita was the school that gave me a scholarship to go. I didn't really think anything of Saint Rita, to be honest with you.
0: That's on uh, um, what is that? On 115th, right? It's on 79th and Western. 77th
1: and Western, to be honest with you. So if you know where the the 7600 card yes, credit center yes, sign is, yes. Saint Rita is literally right across okay. the street from there.
0: What's what's on 115th?
1: Marist. Marist is out there.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Is it? Does it Saint Rita still exist? It does. Okay. They do.
1: They do still exist. hmm. Out there on 79th and Western. And, and, you know, it's tough because, you know, Catholic schools are becoming It's harder and harder for them to survive. You know, Maris actually went co ed a um, bunch of years ago. St. Right. Lawrence went co ed. I think De La went co ed a bunch of years ago. I, um, I, years I ago. remember that. So for, for that to be an all boys uh, Catholic school, that is where it is on 79th and western right. you know obviously the tradition you know holds that holds that place together and a lot of it's a family thing you know your your father went there your uncle went there right. your brother went there right. it's a big sports school I was in band right that's how I that's how I got into music really was hanging out with my friends in band but yeah St. Rita High School on 79th and western
0: I do I do remember um you posting a picture I think on or something Of you in the band, mm-hmm. what, what instrument did you trumpet? Play? Trumpet. Yeah. He's still any good?
1: He's, Am I any good? <laughs> uh, was I ever
0: any good? I don't know. Uh, I mean, people will tell you. Know, you know, I know my. I, I played the flute in um, um in high school, and my music teacher he would let me know if like, I mm-hmm. suck. You know. Yeah. Like not like that, not like that, dude. Let's try it again try it from the beginning, from the beginning. You know. Yeah,
1: like, I was decent. I was decent. I mean, I made all area my senior year. I was lead trumpet.
0: Oh, cool. Um,
1: but I would say that once so you're I, pretty good. You're pretty good. <laughs> I, was, I was decent. I, I was decent. Um, but toward the end of my senior year, I really started getting into parties more. You know, my okay. parents were starting to loosen the grip. You know, I was going off to college. I went to school at DePaul and they were just starting to loosen the grip a bit and I started DJing a lot more. I started going to daytime parties. That was really my first experience with parties. Was daytime parties, right, you
0: right. know, where yep, you remember, know a bunch of DJs. Remember. It'd be a
1: half day, and somebody's parents would be at work, yep. and you know, you had the tank and and, yep. and all that—the nitrous tank or yep. whatever—and uh-huh. that was where I really got my start. It was daytime parties. So I would say, you know, at the end of my senior year, when I was getting ready to uh, prepare for college and. I started practicing to audition and I just wasn't into it. You know, I wasn't into the, the classical music at the time that mm-hmm. I was working on and I just I just kind of dropped it. I just kind of gave it up for the DJing because I I didn't really see a future in playing the trumpet at the time.
0: Do you do you do you still own the trumpet?
1: No. So <laughs> another thing that happened at that time was that somebody sat on my trumpet my (laughs) senior year so toward the end of my senior year this girl sat on my trumpet and broke one of the two of the valves now it was repairable but at the time i just started using a loner from the school and and so i would say that i think that was also kind of like yeah i'm done with this anyway yeah yeah it's kind of
0: like a one step towards like getting away from it
1: yeah. And, you know, I I really should have kept it going. And I think if I'd have gone to a different school that had a different music director, mm-hmm. I might have been more inspired. But I wasn't inspired by the music director at DePaul at that time. Okay. And I wasn't inspired by the music that I was practicing. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't into it. And I was just a lot more into the DJing at the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, one day maybe I'll, I'll pick it back up. I mean, but I, I actually I gave that trumpet away, I think, during the pandemic. Yeah i did it it was a pandemic purge you yeah. know and actually we had a basement flood in 2021 I remember that. and i had to clear out everything from the basement and a lot of stuff i mean this trumpet was you know i've been in the basement for 25 years right. it's time for and it was broken it's time for it to go <laughs> you know so maybe one day i'll pick it back up but for now i just i enjoy the the other side
0: of it. do you remember your first party like where you were like I mean, I wouldn't say headline or anything, but mm-hmm. just like a daytime, like, you know, you you're, you're part of the party. Do you remember your first one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember a few first good ones. I would say my first good one was my senior year homecoming. I DJ'd my senior year homecoming oh, cool. at St. Rita, yeah. and my dad did the sound. Right. And it was, um, he actually recorded on VHS, and I'm going to digitize it one day. Do it. Just because I want everyone to see just the baggy pants that the boys and girls were wearing the jean uh, yeah. coats it was 90s listen it right. was 90s right. yeah. Yeah. and you know when i'm playing is like i'm playing all like cashmere paul johnson dj funk yeah. you know booty house stuff yeah. that you would hear on b96 yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. that was that was the first big one for me i would say it was my my senior year homecoming and then my first rave that i dj'd was blessings 96
0: I was I was there. I was at that one. It
1: was at Maywood. Maywood yeah. Civic Center. Mm-hmm. And that was a Mushgroove party. Yeah. And I knew Frankie from Mushgroove because Hot Jams was the first record store that I started shopping at. And I used to beg Frankie, like, y'all, let me play, let me play, let me play. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> when he was finally like, all right, we're not going to put you on the flyer, but if you want to open for Blessings... Um, I'll Put You On and so yeah. that was Thanksgiving Eve 96 yep yep
0: yep that's when they had him um, you had a different name didn't you I, I was talking with a friend of mine that knows you I don't want to mention his name <laughs> but um, you started with a, a different DJ name yeah right?
1: it was, it was it, so when I started out it was John Break It Down Simmons was my first DJ name and then when I got to the rave scene, that was just too long to put on a flyer, um, so it, it's, I, we shortened it. I shortened it to John Break It Down, and then a promoter put John B I D, and that stuck. And I never really liked B I D that much, but it stuck. Yeah. And then right around 2000, I knew I would want to like produce music someday and do stuff more professional. So I, I thought that John Break It Down started sounded two nineties. So I just <laughs> dropped the whole break it down BID thing and just yeah. started going by my my government name. All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cool, cool. Um, um, do, do you remember, um, uh, I'm trying to pick your brain about, uh, do you remember, uh, like, parties, like, uh, fast, any Fast Daddy parties, any Bad mm. Boy Bill parties, any... Uh, I know you mentioned Julian Perez yeah. earlier um, um, because I remember like in, like late 80s and maybe about to like 91, 92 all those like uh, mix masters from back in the day were mm-hmm. still throwing parties yeah um, did you ever attend any of those? so because I know I know there used to be this roller rink rainbow up north uh-huh. they used to throw a bunch of parties um, uh-huh. and huh. And. I remember Bad Boy Bill, you know, throwing those parties. And, like, I I remember... I wasn't old enough, so, you know, early 90s, like, 91, I was, like, 14 years old. Yeah. Um, But I was able to go to... um, Raves, or we used to call them, undergrounds, too. Um, So, I remember, like, being, like, 14, 15 years old, going to... um, what we called an underground, but I guess it was considered a rave too. Uh-huh. Um, and that's when I first heard of like Hyperactive yes. and um, like Woody McBride yeah. and all the like techno house guys from uh-huh. Chicago. Yeah. So before yeah. bef- before you um, um, did those uh, like uh, either daytimes or mm-hmm. were at blessings, do you remember any parties before that? Well. Then you would
1: attend? Like I said, my parents were strict. Yeah. So I wasn't doing much of any parties. <laughs> um, I remember the cool kids in my high school would go to Alcatraz. I've been, you I, went to, Alcatraz? I went
0: to Alcatraz a couple of times. Yeah, with so a, with a fake ID.
1: Right, because you're in high school. <laughs> right. And so there was a dude who I need to mention his name because he was really important in my yeah. evolution. His name was uh, DJ Dudak.
0: Okay, yeah. I, I know who he is. I have a lot of friends who know him. Yeah. Um, and this is the guy that uh, went to high school with you. Yes. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm.
1: And he was the one, so he started mixing in the summer of '93. So, like I said, we were in marching band. Yeah. And we went to band camp, mm-hmm. and he brought a tape to band mm-hmm. camp, mm-hmm. and he was instantly good. Like he was a sensation. Right. And by the end of his senior, by the time high school was done, he was already kind of a legend.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I've known about him since probably, you know, his start. You know? Yeah,
1: and he started out with house and techno. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I still have all of his techno records. So all that, <laughs> all that Elevator, all that Hocus Pocus, yeah. all that James Brown. Because like, he gave up on that stuff when he started spinning alternative. Right. right. And on the south side, as you know, al- New Wave is called alternative, right? Because right. at that time, you had alternative, like Smashing Pumpkins alternative. Right, right. right? but on... The Mexican side, alternative was like New Order, Depeche Mode, Pet Shop, right, boys, right, Erasure type stuff. We used to
0: call them, or I mean, I probably called myself, somebody called me New Waivers. New Waivers. So, yeah. the, they're the little ones that are spinning like, you know, like what you just mentioned right now, but also a little bit of like industrial stuff. You right.
1: Know? Front 242, Knitzer Ebb. Yep. Ministry. Ministry. Stuff yep. like that. And he got into that stuff. Yeah. Cause I think the girls like that stuff a little bit more. <laughs> of
0: course.
1: So he he was like, he kind of like, he turned his nose up on house. I was like, whatever, <laughs> man, you know? So I, I was like, look, I'll pick up the ball where you left it. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever equaled his level in high school because he was such a legend, but he was the first one that took me to high jams. Yeah. And that was where I met Andre Lopez, the owner, Phantom yeah. 45. Yeah. Frankie Vega yep. were probably the first three people I met and Dr. Grew I remember meeting at Hot Jams um, but yeah, he and other people would go to Alcatraz and I would be like, my mom ain't letting me go to Alcatraz and I'm not, It's no way but we did go to a place called Bongo Johnny's and that? Bongo Johnny's was in the, uh, the parking lot of Chicago Ridge Mall okay. so you know how like a lot of malls will have like an Outback Steakhouse yep. or like a Longhorn or a Chili's mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm
0: in the parking lot yeah.
1: yeah so at this time it's a Chili's now but at that time it was a teen dance club it was an all ages dance okay. club called okay. Bongo Johnny's Dance Shack <laughs> and I do remember songs like Dangerous on the Dance Floor <laughs> and you know cheesy stuff like that and then what was the, what was the other one you know uh, I know a girl by the name of
0: Rita you know That's uh a, that's Frankie Bones on the vocal. No, oh, that's
1: dangerous on the dance floor, but the other one was uh is that Frankie Yeah, Mo, Busto. Musto Musto and Bones. Yeah. But the other one
0: was uh
1: Loving You Is My Intention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember like, stuff was, like that. It was like
0: that teetering on like freestyle stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's like like a fine line between that and like, you know, club tracks.
1: Yeah. Know? But I remember Bongo Johnny's... And other than that, I mean, like I said, the daytime is where my first parties that I And then I would say my senior year, when I got my license, my buddy Cliff and I used to drive up to the north side, because yep. we used to see all the flyers. Like back then, all the parties were on Fullerton, right? Yep. All the dope crews were on Fullerton, mm-hmm. so it was more, it was more local DJs like Payback, and I remember Gabriel Rik and Rodriguez would be mm-hmm. on flyers. Uh, Tom throwing down Denic, like. Uh, we used to listen to Eddie B. House Gino and yep. Romo yep. you know Pump Boy Lee yep. you know so like more not necessarily the bad boy Bill level type people but mm-hmm. all the local cats who I, were I, I, the I call them hood DJs
0: yeah because that's, that's what, in Little Village that's what we grew up on um, uh, I remember the first uh, mixtape I ever heard uh, my friend's my friend's uh, older brother had this mixtape and this was probably like I don't know 85, 86 uh uh-huh. I've actually I got a track ID from one of my friends, but my friend, um, he's like, um, um, you have to listen to this uh, tape. It's like one song that lasts for like mm. you know half an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's check it out. And he's like, and there's this uh, part of the song that it's like Woody Woodpecker. Nah. There's a Woody Woodpecker sample. And nah. i like, like, I gotta hear this. Nah. So we listened to it, but recently I asked one of my friends, I was like, I was ex- telling him the story like I'm telling you. And he's like, he knew what track that was yeah and that's that's one thing that i um i like about you know having a lot of dj friends is um they're never shy about you know identifying a track that they know you know and uh so i I really appreciated that and but back to the mixtape so um we uh i had friends that collected those mixtapes and i remember um Um, they had the hot mix uh, hot mix tapes Mm -hmm. um, and you know they were numbered or whatever and I remember one of them I think it was a Julian Perez uh, hot mix tape that it was probably 90 or 91 Um, if I remember the name of it I'll send you a link later Uh, but um, that was the first time I heard anything that sounded like techno Mm -hmm. Um, before that it was all house all freestyle Mm -hmm. Um, all new wave yeah. tracks, but the, it was like 1991, and everybody had that tape. Mm-hmm. Everybody had that tape. It was a jump inside, and like on the cassette tape, it's one side said "jump inside," and the other side said, uh, "I forget." I'll, I'll find it. It wasn't "dump inside," was it? No, 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 no. But I, I, I remember that kind of like set me in a different direction because then, like a year or so later, that's when I went to my first rave. Yeah, and I remember being at the rave and they had what they had like you know techno and then it started slowly turning into like hardcore techno Mm -hmm. and then that slowly started turning into like gabber right and then that started turning into like drum and bass and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and i remember um i don't know maybe like 94 95 maybe 96 a lot of the places that were, a lot of the uh, crews that were throwing raves, mm-hmm. quote-unquote raves, um, all of a sudden started bringing house DJs in, mm-hmm. and I started, I started going down the rabbit hole about all that, because I was thinking, I was wondering, like, where, okay, we're, we're back, you know, we made full circle, you know? Like we, it started at how as house and techno and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and then like we're back to like throwing house parties. Right. So at that, you know, like 94, 95, and that's when I went to a, I went to an, another blessings, um, and I saw, ah um, oh man, I forget his name. It sucks that I forget his name, but he had a bunch of um, uh, equipment. He had like you know the 909, the 101 of the old-school, like, rolling gear. Mm-hmm. And um, he was... My brother's like, hey, my older brother's like, hey, come check this out. And I'm like, we're walking through the crowd, walking through the crowd, and I finally get to the front, and it's just all this gear on this table, mm-hmm. and it looked like a landing strip, you know, with all the lights, you know, going, you know, yeah. with the secrets are going. And they just start fucking rocking. And one thing I remember about that, um, that whole, like, scene right there was that there was... Uh, Looked like some Japanese business guy because he was in a full suit. Hmm. He was jamming out, yeah. and then I saw uh, these two like biker dudes with uh, you know beards, long hair, and you know leather jackets. Like they just parked their motorcycle in front, uh-huh. um, you know, and they just joined the party. And then you look around and there's all these jackers and shit like just dancing, and I was thinking like, what the fuck is going on? Uh-huh. And because of, To me, it felt like everything was just being, like, brought together, you know? All different backgrounds, all different cultures just kind of being sucked into, you know, this party. Yeah. And it was all being controlled by these, you know, like, four or five, you know, machines Uh um, on the table. And another thing I'll never forget is that they slowly started to transition to uh, two turntables... And little by little they would like pull a piece of equipment away yeah and they brought in a turntable uh-huh. and then you know they set up the, the t- turntable mixer and then they set up you know started pulling more gear away and then before you know it there was two fucking uh, turntables there and no more gear yeah seamless transition yeah and i thought to myself i want to do that very cool i want to do that because of like all the cultures and like backgrounds that it's bringing together but to be able to do that without not even a bump or a hiccup in the yeah. beat, yeah, blew my fucking mind,
1: man. Yeah, professional, professional underground,
0: right? Yeah, and 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 a lot of people like nowadays are like, when I you know you know messing around with a track or um, you know and I post it online, like nothing serious, but people are like oh, that sounds like Justice or, oh, that sounds like, you know, Daft Punk. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's not who I'm trying to sound like. Yeah. I'm trying to sound like the OG, you know, yeah. Chicago guys. Yeah. Because I know, whether they want to admit it or not, they heard Chicago house music back in the day. Absolutely. And they're like, I want to do that, too. So then that's what kind of, like, it developed into that sound. So I always tell people, man, like, like coolest shit always comes from fucking Chicago absolutely and I think uh, house music was probably I think house music changed the fucking world
1: it absolutely did I mean look at EDM now I mean just house into techno into like you said everything else breaks drum and bass garage I mean so much of it comes from house and when you listen to like you and you said that Jesse Saunders 808 beat on and on you know into Chip B, into Marshall Jefferson right mm-hmm. into DJ Pierre into Inner City you, you know to Goldie I mean yeah you gotta give Chicago a lot of credit man I mean when you listen to the song Daft Punk Teachers you know yeah, that song yep, yep. the they first eight all names they say are from Chicago right. and most I would say at least at least half the people they mention are from Chicago yep. but the first the first name out of their mouth is Paul Johnson yep DJ Fung, DJ Sneak, DJ Rush, Wax Master, Hyperactive. Yeah. That's I mean I, right there. I, when I know? F- when
0: I first heard that teacher's track, I'm th- I'm like, God, like took me back. Like, fuck, you yeah. know, like, we 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 got it here yeah. in Chicago. Like, yeah. shit, man. Like, we should you know make sure that not only is it represented correctly, but you know, keep on you know making tracks to kind of. Keep this house thing going, you know. Yeah. And it, it's 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 very um, I don't know what to say like heartwarming to know that how well house music has matured. Um, I saw a post on social media, um, uh, it might have been I don't know TikTok or something, but um, somebody was posting an underground house scene videos from Atlanta, mm-hmm. and and somebody in the comments was like, Ah, Atlanta's always taking shit from Chicago. You no, know, like I shook my head, you know, I didn't type anything. But then I was thinking like my comment was on the bottom, you know, below that. I was like, enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. like let's keep it going, you know? Right. Like let's keep on playing house music. Wherever, whenever, you know, because yeah. there's there's a certain there's a certain vibe that uh when I, I, and it's 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 hard like, for us to kind of differentiate because we grew up in the scene. We grew up in the you know, in um, um, the, like the parties. So we have that history of like chilling at parties, hanging out, and a lot of these people from other cities don't. But they're what I like about it is that almost like they're newly discovering it.
1: You yeah. Know? Yeah. We got a lot here, and I I think that. Uh I think you know we should be doing so much more in Chicago. I think that's the main feeling that I've had over the years is that because there are so many creators here we should have more venues you know and I think that we have we got a lot of people out here doing events and I think we do have a pretty decent underground scene here now but the one thing I would lament about Chicago is that we need more venues to showcase that sound and I just don't feel that we have enough proper venues, like, meaning because I feel like so many of the parties here in Chicago are at bars.
0: Like, they're crammed into places.
1: And it's cool, but it's, you know, it's a house music event, and people are getting down, but it's at a bar, which is cool, but I think that I talk to... A proper
0: club, a proper club.
1: I talk to people who come here, or who are coming here, and they ask me, they say, you know, where do I go for some proper house, and I can tell them, uh, I'll mention Smart Bar.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'll mention um, this place, the Podlasia. They've been doing a lot of cool events.
0: Where's that? It's
1: in uh, Avondale. So it's on Central Park and Milwaukee. Okay. And they were a longtime Polish bar that has kind of turned into sort of a younger, modern dance venue. Okay. Uh, So they've been doing a lot of uh, good events there. You got Late Nocturne. Yep, up bars, up. spy bar has some good events but I, I think we need more I think we need more even even for myself I play a lot of really cool venues like the Whistler yeah. um, I like I, I love playing there I love playing at Penny Whistle okay. in Pilsen we do a party called Strictly 90s there yep, it's myself Gantman and CZ Boogie from 5 Magazine we just had an event there this past weekend mm-hmm. I really like Penny Whistle uh, I think they have a, a, a pretty good sized dance floor um and it it we had it we had it bumping in there on Friday night, nice. but I just I want to see more I want to see more of that. Considering how many DJs and producers we have in the city, right. there's so many people who never play out. They never play out because there aren't enough opportunities for the wealth of talent.
0: That right. Is. Right. And I mean, we we can get it to. I mean, we we can fully saturate you know the city with yeah. you know with awesome club venues. Um, But, uh, I mean, it goes back to, my thought is, it goes back to the whole thing of, like, we grew up with this sound, you know? We grew up going to parties. There's a lot of transplants in Chicago. Absolutely. Um, I have, uh, where I work, you know, a lot of the people that are my coworkers, at all levels, are, like, they're not from Chicago. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, a quick example: um, We we had a Christmas party, I think a year and a half ago or so, um, and I DJed and I just played all like house tracks, um, and I'm pretty sure they were all like non-mainstream house tracks. But Aaron was just kind of like milling about, you know, not really paying attention. I mean, it wasn't a killer sound system, but I mean, and I think I, I think I know how to DJ pretty well. But the thing was that I got was that. Um, after I was done, because I actually uh, DJed in a Santa suit, but when I was done, um, I threw on karaoke. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was, like, emceeing a karaoke session. Yeah. And all the songs they were picking were so far fucking removed from any kind of house tracks. Yeah. Like, they were, like, karaoke like uh Backstreet Boys songs, mm-hmm. and, you know, just like. Um, because that's another thing, too. The age, you know, um, of the people I work with, they're, yeah. like, between, like, 25 and 35, most of them. Mm-hmm. So then that that's another thing, too. So my point is that, like, we can have, like, a robust club scene in Chicago, but we need to figure out a way to draw... Those, uh, I'm doing the fishing reel thing in my hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to be able to draw those transplants into that party scene, yeah. And it's just, I, I, I think that's going to be probably key in doing that because that I know that it's going to draw in all the college kids, I know that's going to draw in like you know all the yuppies they are moving into the neighborhoods. And if we can convince them to go to a house party, I think. Chicago will have like a like bursting at the scenes uh, house scene.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're starting to get into that uh, to that a little bit more. I'm starting to see that more mainstream people are into house music and in, in, in EDM, and I I give EDM credit for that because yeah. because of the popularity of EDM. Now the term deep house. Is kind of a modern term. Like everyone's heard the term deep house at some point. At right. some right. point, I was doing a wedding a few years ago, and I was playing some Rick James or some like you know some funky like early '80s wedding type stuff. Mm-hmm. And this kid comes up to me and says, "Hey, can you play some deep house like Disclosure?" You know, and I spared cool. him the lecture. I'm like, "Well, let me let me tell you about what deep house means. <laughs> you ever heard of Carrie <laughs> Chandler?" You know. Um, but but, I, but
0: the fact that he was even the words came out of his mouth exactly it's it's in exactly. the right direction exactly
1: yeah yeah so I, I think we're starting to we're starting to get there I think you know you got festivals like Arc yeah you know Arc Music Festival uh, where you're starting to see a lot more people who weren't wouldn't necessarily be in the dance music I think they're into it a little bit more now than they used to be and because of that they find house music Chicago house music so I'm I'm kind of happy where we are right now I feel like in my opinion we're at a good time right now for house uh, because it's in the spotlight once again house music is in the spotlight and you got major um, outlets like Defected right saying Mike Dunn Chicago house mm-hmm. or, or Terry Hunter Jamie 326 you know Chicago house and they, you know because they know what the word Chicago, they, they know the weight of what that word Chicago carries yeah. and it's sad that they're making more money off of it than <laughs> than most of us are, yeah. but it, but I love to see it. Uh, I love to see major outlets like that, um, putting out Chicago, right. You know, Frankie Knuckles tribute mix, right. you know? Um, so I think, I think we're at a good time right now and I, I hope we can, we can ride this out for you
0: know a bunch of years to come. I know I like as I mentioned I just seen it, seen how it all played out from the beginning for me um it's um uh, it's heartwarming you know for lack of a better way of saying it because I know that um the OG you know producers and DJs house producers and DJs they were on they knew they were onto something but at the same time they were just DJing and making music that they thought other people would like, you know? And and they they hit home runs, man, left and right, you know? Yeah. And some of those tracks, you put them on now, you know, and they, they still sound banging. Absolutely. You know? like, like, whoa, like this was made, you know, almost, you know, 40 years ago yeah. and it's still crushing it?
1: Yeah, the 808 and I Fear the Night bangs. That track still bangs. Yeah. Um, it was just repressed recently by... Uh, Norm Tally and his labels is called As- Asylum, Asylum, Upstairs Asylum Recordings, yeah. and he re he put out uh, uh, I believe it was Acid Over, Hardcore Hip House, um, and yeah, I Fear the Night. It was a four-track EP, and it was it was Tyree, right? And man, that 808 just it still hits, and that, that was what 87. Eighty seven, eighty eight,
0: yeah. eighty seven. Yeah. It's, it's it's it was the, that track. I feel the night is so minimal, yet it made such a big impact, not only on me but like on the rest of the like you know world, man. And yeah. and where they said they repressed it. It's available at like gramophone or online.
1: They probably have it at gramophone. I went to Detroit for Sharivari festival last year. Yeah. Sharivari is like a smaller electronic music festival because, you know, I'm sure you've heard a movement that yep. goes on. But, you know. but Sharivari is more uh, locally. It's more a bit more local. I mean, they have international DJs. I caught Charisma, Olsen Lade, uh, you know, Remarkable, uh, Lady Monix, you know, Glenn Underground, Delano Smith, you know. Uh, I caught, uh, like I said, I caught Norm Tally, a number of other Detroit DJs. Cool. Um, Chicago they represent Chicago a lot too but I was in Detroit and I bought it at one of the Detroit record stores okay. but I'm sure they have it on Juno Gramophone probably has it it's yeah. upstairs Asylum recordings Okay. and they put out a lot of modern Detroit stuff but this particular EP was a, like a of like some Tyree Tyree cool. Cooper classics
0: super cool um, yeah man uh, I think uh uh I think we've talked touched on a lot of stuff man yeah. um I really appreciate you um sitting down with me um uh, it, it was like all that I expected and more <laughs> mm-hmm. um again thanks man um so yeah thanks for thanks for me, having man. me. john simmons dj john simmons um i hope you enjoyed it um please remember to uh like and share if possible um on all uh, podcast platforms that it's available um and yeah have a good day um see you next time